Everything just listeners. Love to talk radio. Welcome to this edition of B Radio. Today I've got Socialist Party candidate Brian Moore, uh, one of the candidates who will be participating in our upcoming debate. I'm going to go ahead and add him to the call now, and um, I will have questions for him just of the general nature. If I see any more in the chat room, I'll be happy to add them. I can fit them into my time frame. So here we go. Brian Moore speaking. Hello, Brian Moore. Uh, you're on the air live on um, Restore the Republic Radio and RevolutionBroadcasting.com and Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Neil. Is this Neil? That's correct. Can Thank you, you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Hey, that's what we're here for. Can you hear me okay? I certainly can. Loud and clear. Excellent. All right. Well, um, first of all, uh, I would just like to thank you for coming on, and um, we're looking forward to hearing you in the upcoming debate with uh, Chuck Baldwin and Charles Jay, and uh, we are still working on getting uh, Cynthia McKinney and Ralph Nader and Bob Barr. Um, we'll mm-hmm. see how all that plays out. In any case, I'm looking forward to hearing the, um, the varying options. Um, have you had an opportunity to study the, the four points that Ron Paul had discussed at the press conference? Yes, I have. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you uh, exactly basically what your opinion would have been. Do you think if you had been invited to that press conference, would you have agreed with those four points? Oh, very much so. I think uh, all four points right down the line, you know, uh, is something that our platform addresses as well. So uh, I don't see any, any problems at all with regard to his points that he raised. You know, he, ending the Iraq War and uh, returning our soldiers from around the world, which is what we want to do by closing down all military bases overseas. Uh, and also the protecting the privacy and civil liberties. We're against the Patriot Act and the military tribunal law and FISA and, and on and on. And, you know, the torture issue and rendition of, of, of prisoners to other countries in order to, to torture them. Uh, and also our concern about the national debt, debt the, uh, the rising costs of, uh, of, uh, of our government and our country and, uh, and the, just the, uh, the corporate uh, subsidies and corporate welfare that we're concerned about is consistent with our platform. And last but not least, uh, the Federal Reserve System and its uh, coziness you know, creating money and credit out of thin air. I mean, right on. I mean, we, we just think that... Uh, that uh, that this is uh, where capitalism is teetering on the verge of collapse, and uh, its uh, adherence to the free market system uh, raises real questions. It's kind of a blind loyalty in a, in a in a process that that's not working, and maybe that's the area where we probably differ the most with regard to a libertarian philosophy. Yeah, I would say that the libertarians would argue that um, the reason why it's not working is because it's not free enough. Um, I think uh, it personally, in my opinion, especially since I'm running for Congress myself, um, I've looked at it and I believe that we can free up the market, but I also think you can't just throw a switch and do that. If somebody has can- a, you know, a cancer, you don't grab a butcher knife and you know, try to cut it out of them. You have to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing and use a precise mm-hmm. instrument. Um, but either you way, know- though, yeah, go ahead and, you know, it's, Basically, so how would you feel about that attitude about it? Well, uh, I, I just wanted to emphasize the point uh, before I address your your point, and that is is that 
we really believe in a decentralized uh, democratic socialism. We're not in favor of a of a heavy-handed uh, uh, authoritarian centralized government. Uh, we believe that we should nationalize corporations but transfer the power and the control to the workers and to people in the community, not to the government. We would use the government to implement our programs that are established by the, the workers, but it would always be a democratic effort uh, with, a, with a small government uh, possibly consistent with what the libertarians believe in. But we would like to see our socialized national health plan implemented by the government in the form of something similar to like a VA system. But it's the workers and the and the, the boards, the regional boards and assemblies and the commissions that are made up of consumers and, and doctors that would decide the policies of how these systems work. So we're a very democratic type of, uh, of system, uh, whereas many times people think that socialists are communists or they're, they're heavy-handed when it comes to a centralized uh, controlling government. Well, yeah, I, I remember asking you what the difference between the Communist Party and the Socialist Party was, and I have to say I definitely think that's kind of a distinct difference when you consider mm -hmm. how harsh the, the communist regimes were and then, and then the inevitability of the fact that uh, there always ends up, you know, to be elites anyway. They basically just kind of lie to the people, and then, you know, eventually you get people like Kim Jong-il who's living high on the hog when the majority of his country doesn't even have electricity. Right. Well, you know, it was really the Stalinism that was really at fault for, under communism. Uh, you know, he, he's, he violated all the tenets of, of what socialist, socialism is. So, I mean, he set back the, the, the movement, by, I think, by a hundred years. I mean, we, we're still trying to get out of this, this, this uh, propaganda. Uh, you know, there are many Americans that, that perceive socialism as if it's uh, Stalinism, you know? Right. Well, you know, especially the, the purists in the libertarian movement, the anarchists in particular, who argue that there should just be no state at all, or the libertarians who just are, you know, generally referred to as minarchists who just want to see as little government as possible. It's refreshing to hear that you said that you're talking about a small government, even with your socialist system. Right. Um, now, when you talk about democracy, the, the, the flags that would come up from a libertarian perspective immediately would be the idea of the majority um, in some way, you know, being, you know, uh, in a state of tyranny to the minority. Now, I presume, I mean, do you favor any kind of law that cannot be overthrown by the majority to protect minorities, like the Bill of Rights, for example? Do I favor any law that, say that again, that cannot I'm be sorry. overthrown? Basically, the idea is, is that in order to protect the minority from the majority, what do you do? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, you know, but in, our, in our Constitution, the idea is yeah. to have a Bill of Rights that you can't alter. Uh, so that we can protect ourselves from majority rule. Um, how would the socialist aspect? I mean, how would have the socialists answer that particular problem when it comes to demo, you know democracy? Yeah, that's a that's a complicated question. I say I don't know how they would answer it. I, I, my answer would be that uh, we certainly believe in the, that minority rights have to be protected, and we and we also believe that in a democracy the majority rules. Uh, but you have to do it in a way, you know, it's like a benevolent, uh, in a benevolent type of government where you have to bend over backwards to assure that people's rights are protected. I mean, we're, 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 we also believe in civil liberties and we're civil libertarians, all right? We want to protect our privacy and, and our freedoms. And in fact, I think, uh, it's a, uh, the greater danger to our country is not, uh, uh, the war in Iraq and, and, and Afghanistan, which I oppose. But the, the 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 Patriot Act and the the intimidation by the government that you you know you don't dare uh, object to their policies or dissent or or assembly to to uh, to protest against them. I mean, without freedom, you know, give me liberty or give me death. I mean, I think that's that's really the philosophy that we have. We have to assure that we have the freedoms to uh, to live a quality life. And and if you don't have the freedoms, you don't have anything. So. Um, well, I guess that would be the question then is you, I mean, obviously, you know, let's just say the socialist movement managed to take over the government, meaning the one that you represent. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I, how much. Of well, wait a minute. I mean, we already, we're, we're starting already, you know, we've taken over Wall Street, right? We're nationalizing the, uh, um, I'm being funny now, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're Wall Street, you know, they're, they're, they're socialists and we're the capitalists. On the backs of the capitalists, uh, we're paying their, their debt. 
you know, these elitists that have ripped us off and, and have promoted deregulation, and uh, and now when they get in trouble, they turn to us for bailouts. I mean, it's what a bitter pill. The, you know, it's unacceptable. I mean, they should suffer the consequences of their actions. They should fail and fall, and uh, then we'll pick up the pieces by nationalizing their organizations and institutions and running a, a more democratic uh, uh, country where citizens have, have control of their lives and, and can participate and set policy in, in the decision-making process. So that's our, that's our approach and our, and our goal and our criticism of these, uh, these capitalists on Wall Street and uh, in banks and uh, financial institutions that have been very un-American uh, in, and selfish and greedy in their, in their approach to, uh, to uh, uh, making money and, and, and living as uh, so-called responsible citizens in our country. Well, yeah, you're definitely not going to get any disagreement out of me on that, and I'm actually happy to see now that the issue of the bailout, um, which was originally labeled kind of a fringe issue of people being upset about it, and the, the mainstream media is actually trying to paint it out as though, you know, it's, it's the, the crazy people who want the bailout, but now that we've got both Democrats and Republicans speaking out against it, um, you know, that means that even people from the socialist aspect are saying, wait a minute here, you know, like uh, Dennis Kucinich, for example, you know, yeah. uh, known to be, a, you know, like a socialist on a lot of other issues, but he uh -huh. was like, wait a minute here, um, no way, no thank you. Um, and he started circulating um, information about the Federal Reserve, um, which was originally kind of a Ron Paul only thing, but the two of them are good friends, so it doesn't really surprise me, but... Uh, Mm -hmm. um, I actually played some of that stuff earlier today, but yeah, I see where you're coming from, and um, especially I'm happy to hear about the four points, you know, being something you would agree to, as, even as a socialist. Because yeah, but keep in mind now, I mean, we the, the 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 people that participated in the meeting, the unity meeting for the four points with Ron Paul, mm -hmm. were Ralph Nader and Cynthia McKinney and Chuck Baldwin. Right. Now, all of them uh, are, in a sense, uh, concerned about reforming capitalism. Whereas uh, I, as a socialist, uh, we want uh, systemic change. Okay, we don't want to reform uh, capitalism. We want we want to uh, radically alter it. Okay, we want a new economic system. So so in that, even though we agree with the four points, we don't embrace their their adherence to reforming the capitalistic system and slapping them on the hand. I mean, you know, they're still in bed with with the capitalists. All right. I mean, Obama and, and McCain are still taking big money from corporate America and the interest groups, the lobbyists. And he, you know, Obama wants to increase minimum wage from six dollars to eight dollars, or you know, he wants to maybe uh, you know, uh, ten percent more of Americans under health care. Well, we want a, a a to give economic rights to all all residents of our country. That means citizens and immigrants. And we want to give them the right to to have uh, uh, socialized health care and full educational opportunities and full employment and and housing. Okay, these are economic rights that you only find in 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 countries like Cuba, but you don't find them in America. What rights we have here are political. You know, right to dissent, the right of free speech, supposedly uh, up to a point. But, you know, the political rights are stronger than the economic rights. So uh, that's where we would differ. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it's just amazing how these uh, other countries with less money are, are demonstrating that, uh, for example, under health care, you know, in Canada you live longer. In Cuba, infant mortality is, is, is less than in America. And, and their longevity and, and morbidity rates are, are better than ours. Uh, so in England and in Germany and Sweden and in France, uh, you know, all these industrialized countries that have embraced a national health care system live longer and have a healthier society than we do. But oh no, the profit motive takes takes precedence over everything, right? That's the bottom line. If you make profit, then it's good. Uh, uh, forget about hurting the natural resources or forgetting about helping your fellow man. That's not important as much as it is to make money, okay? That is the essence of what our, our collapsing economic system uh, has been, been telling us for 150, 200 years, and we still have poverty, we still have war, we have perennial war, we have uh, 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 
inner cities that are dying. We have crime and drug abuse and, and corrupt. Well, the corruption, I can't, I think there'll be corruption even in the Socialist Party. Human nature is, is selfish. And, but I think these other these other uh, indications of, of problems in our society come about from a, an economic system, and our economic system now under capitalism tolerates these major problems, and that is unacceptable. Well, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I guess the question would be when it comes to all these programs you're referring to, healthcare and housing and such. Um, that kind of brings us to the next question of how do we pay for it. So what exactly, what taxation system would uh, would your party, if it was given the power, implement? But, Neil, uh, look at the money is there. It's just the reallocation of the money in different ways. We have enough money under our system now. We don't need to increase taxes. In fact, we're opposed to the property tax and the sales tax and the income tax. We want to get rid of those taxes, Okay. Right. So, but what we say is that we also want to close down 1,600 private, for-profit health insurance companies that take 35% of $1.6 trillion annually for profits and for propaganda and advertisement and paperwork and, and duplication of services. You know, that's, you know, we want to close down our, our, our military bases that are overseas to protect our corporate interests and to rattle the sabers, you know, and we want to in the war. Coming up on a break, we can continue when we get back. the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powder, seeds, and oil are available through hempusa.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Are CNN and Fox online any better than they are on TV? The old media. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Revolution Broadcasting. <laughs> www.revolutionbroadcasting.com. The freedom spin starts here. News and talk from a freedom perspective. Revolution Broadcasting is listener supported, so please visit our website. And if you like what's here, chip in. HempUSA.org is now offering free shipping worldwide to better serve our customers. Our goal is to get these fine hemp products to you in the least amount of time so you can enjoy what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. HempUSA.org has a warning that the U.S. food supplies are dangerously low, and we urge you to protect your family with hemp storable foods today. Tomorrow may be too late. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. This incredible food source is loaded with enzymes so your body can digest the food you eat. And it creates an alkaline environment where cancer can't grow and parasites cannot live and brings funguses, viruses, and bacterial levels down and to a halt. Try our powder, seeds, and oil today. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. If the body has the proper nutrition, it will heal itself. Ask yourself, why does our government not allow this crop to grow in the U.S.? This product is also great for pets and animals. Call 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Hi, I'm David Rusbeck, host of Supermarket Suite and a member of the Libertarian Party. You ever wonder why Republicans increase big government and Democrats waver on social issues? Well, maybe it's time you shop around for a new party. Libertarians work towards smaller government and lower taxes. 
Libertarians also take a principled stand on social issues, believing that you best know how to run your life. Check out the Libertarian Party, socially tolerant, fiscally responsible. All right, we're back here on B Radio. I'm very sorry about having to interrupt you there, Ms., uh, Mr. Moore. Please continue with what you were saying, and then I'll get to my next question. Well, I want to correct myself on one matter. I mentioned that uh, we were opposed to income taxes, and I meant to say payroll taxes, payroll sales and property taxes. Uh, we want a progressive income tax, uh, but we also don't want uh, employees or, or managers to make uh, more than ten times the minimum that a worker makes in our in our uh, socialist uh, society, we recognize that there'll be uh, uh, you know different levels of, of income based on on the workers' uh, production and responsibilities. But we don't want the 200 uh, or to one or a thousand to one that uh, Bill Gates and uh, and Alex Rodriguez and Britney Spears and and all these people make uh, uh, at the expense of the common person. So basically that means that it, it kind of calls upon uh, reappropriation of wealth from the rich to the poor. Yeah, redistribution of wealth. That's what we, we think that our society is not fair and not egalitarian and not, and, and not uh, really distributing the money. Like I say, there's money there, but it's abnormal. It's, it's, you know, you have like 5% of the population that shares in the wealth, and 95% of the rest of the country, uh, you know, has to bear the burden and not make a decent amount of money to live a quality life. I mean, uh, is that fair? And, and you know, yet capitalists say, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, he who takes the initiative and shows ambition and uh, can be number one and can win and do it on the backs of your fellow man, that's okay. You know, that's the way. You know, we want to compete. You know, and you, you know, if you if you work hard enough and you fight hard enough and and, and whatever, then then you deserve all the money you can make. But the problem is it leaves 95% of the population out of that formulary, and we think that that's unfair and unjust and, and unequal, and, and it's not egalitarian. And, and so it's really a, really an unfair system, and, and we need to change that. We need to change this mindset of self-interest. I mean, people seem to think that self-interest is a part of human nature, and a, and a noble virtue, and it isn't. It's selfish. It's greedy. It's, uh, it's, it's irresponsible. It's not being responsible to your fellow man, to your community, to your state and, and your country, and even to the global population. So that's why we want to go after uh, these more noble uh, uh, features of, of, of living our lives and, and being able to have peace and economic justice and tranquility in a world that will come about if the economic system is based on a more uh, equitable, egalitarian idea. Okay. Um, I have a question here coming from the chat room, so bear with me. Uh, it says, I have a question for Brian Moore. Uh, what will you do if small businesses can only survive by paying their employees for 40 hours a week and two weeks vacation? Would he ignore it? put a gun in their face and force them to keep paying their employees and give them vacation or put a gun in their face and close them down. The gun in the face concept is basically a, to the anarchist reference, it generally means taxation because if you're going to tax somebody, then inevitably, or take the money from them, inevitably it may come down to an armed confrontation. 
just basically a translation of... Well, you know, small businesses may make more money under the socialist system than they do under the capitalist system. Uh, You know, what we want is a society where actually uh, the country will assume responsibility for health care. Right now, corporate America is trying to wash its hands of being responsible for providing health care, right? Well, under socialism, that would be eliminated. You know, the employer would no longer be responsible. Now, he'd have to pay a tax uh, for for each employee, but it, in no way would it compare to what he or she is having to pay right now. And, and inflation is at 20%, 30% a year sometimes in these small businesses. You know, secondly, we want a uh, full employment. We want a 30-hour work week and a six-week vacation and these economic rights, uh, but they, they come about through through our system and the allocation of dollars, and it's not, the onus is not put just on the private sector, okay? There'll no longer be a, a for-profit uh, uh, private sector other than through small businesses, okay? I mean, what we're really applying... Uh, the transformation of for-profit to non-profit is on the, the larger corporate level, the large companies. But there is there is room and and range for for small businesses to to subsist in a better, uh, fairer way under our system, and they'll be able to employ a lot of people and and uh, pay them a decent salary because they won't have the burden of the uh, of the of the healthcare system and possibly even of a pension system. And, of course, we'll be able to eliminate our welfare system, so there'll be no, you know, no need for, for higher taxes to pay for welfare because we'll have guaranteed incomes, guaranteed incomes for senior citizens and for uh, uh, handicapped people and homeless people. And uh, basically, uh, able-bodied people will have to bear their burden. But it will be distributed in a way that the burden will not rest just with the small business person. It will not rest with uh, uh, the corporation or the, the corporate owners because you'll no longer have that, that control. There will be a, a much more equitable distribution, and then we'll have, we won't have the wars. We won't have the, the overseas uh, uh, military bases. We won't have the intelligence agencies that are all over the world that protect corporate interests, uh, you know, uh, we're just going to be able to reduce our, our financial burdens, and and we're not going to have, uh, you know, uh, these uh, singular individuals that become multimillionaires while everybody else lives in poverty. Now, if you do have a businessman that is a multimillionaire, well, then, uh, then, uh, then, yeah, we are a threat to him. We are a threat to him in the sense that, you know, you know, maybe you can make $5 million a year, but you're not going to make, you know, $50 million a year, okay? I mean, that's what we're trying to get is a, is a more equitable system uh, that everybody can lead a more quality life, uh, that they can have uh, health and, 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 and uh, uh, leisure time, culture and music, and not be this rat race of working 60 hours a week and driving 100 miles a day and both your spouses working and neglecting to take care or raise their children. And as a result, we get crime in the schools and drug abuse and, and uh, you know, all these other social problems that come about from a system that's not fair and it puts a burden on a, on a mass of people because a small elite of people want to inherit the wealth and the power. And keep the power. You know, they want to send their children to the to the uh, the Ivy League schools at our expense. So you know, we want fairness and equality, and uh, you know, so we are a threat to the moneyed interest. We are a threat to the wealthy. Okay, we we, we want you to share this, and, and uh, I think that there'll be more peace and harmony in our country and in our world if we have that type of system. We're not, you know, you know, we're not dictators. I mean, some socialist countries have dictatorial uh, approaches. We're not. We're, we don't want to be like North Korea. We don't want to be like China, uh, you know, uh, Syria. Uh, you know, these these countries are just an abomination when it comes to uh, people's ability to live a quality life. They still they, they're under threat. They, you know, they have governments with heavy-handed militaries strong militaries to keep order and 
we hope to keep order with our citizens. The citizens will will make the ultimate decisions, and and uh, and uh, you know, with with authority comes responsibility. And I suspect that citizens are probably going to be harder on their fellow man than than what what exists sometimes under uh, under other uh, arrangements. Okay. Um, another question, actually, uh, once again from one of the listeners. Uh, he says, thanks for asking the previous question. $150 an hour maximum per his website times 30 hours equals 234k a year maximum salary. How does Mr. Moore confiscate all wages above that? I'm not sure I, uh, I'm, I mean, I... Uh, not sure you follow the question? Well, I mean, I get I, I get the question, but keep in mind now that the whole thing about, you know, uh, uh, the whole salary level issue is going to uh, dissipate. You know, people are going to live quality lives. They might end up uh, making $20,000 a year, but the power of the dollar is going to be 10 times of what it is now. Or vice versa, people might end up making a hundred thousand dollars a year under socialism, common worker. But but it's it's so it, you know his his analogy of one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. I'm not sure I can. Uh, he's using present terms, and he's using terms from what we think of our society today. But I'm trying to get him into a frame of mind that uh, our concern is that everybody have comprehensive health care, full educational opportunities, full employment of 30 hours a week, leisure time to enjoy their lives, to live a healthier life, and to pay attention to their family and to be creative and, and get involved in art and music and, and, uh, and, and writing. And, and, uh, and then also not have a society that uh, is trying to promote corporate interests and in breaking the backs of workers to provide profits to these investors or to these owners or these senior officers. So uh, I'm not sure I can answer the question. And ask the question again. Let's see if I can. <laughs> no, I understand. I'm I'm kind of having trouble figuring out exactly what he means either. It looks like you know he's reading something from your website, uh, but basically. Uh, let me see. He clarifies a little bit. He says uh, his site states $150 an hour maximum salary, 10 times minimum wage of $15, I guess, an hour. I guess he's make more. I guess more of the point is just an issue of if you make more than a certain amount, how does the money get taken? Well, how does it get taken? Yes, how would it be acquired, I guess, is the crux of the question. Well, I mean, you know, there's enough money to go around, but, but, but that we have to reward those that have worked harder or those that are managers and have the ultimate responsibilities and bear a lot of the headaches. So, okay, well, well you know, if, if the average worker makes $50,000 a year, mm-hmm. okay, well, then the, the, the uh, chief executive officer should not make more than $500,000 a year. Okay, that's pretty pretty generous, don't you think? Mm-hmm. You know, that's 10 to 1 ratio. But you've got some CEOs and some people on Wall Street that are making in the millions, you know, and they're making multi-million dollars and they're getting golden parachutes and they're, you know, two or $300 million severance packages. I mean, and yet the workers in the, in the office are making, you know, $30,000 a year. I mean that's that's ridiculous. You know what what is what's the ratio there? That's not ten to one. That's not that's not a hundred to one. That's that's probably what three thousand to one or something like that. So that's all we're trying to say is that uh, you know uh, that, that let's be fair, okay? okay? And let's and we have a responsibility to our fellow man. Now there's going to be some people that try to abuse the system and think that they they can get lazy in the job, but they're going to be penalized. The workers are not going to tolerate it. They're going to say, hey, look, we're working hard, and you have your responsibility, and you're able-bodied. If you can't handle it, well, then we're going to penalize you, you know, with something, some form of penalty, you know, less vacation, less money, you know, less opportunities or something. You know, I mean, it's uh, so I, that would be my answer, but I'm not sure if I'm satisfying him no, or yeah, her. No, no, you're you're satisfying me. I understand where you're coming from, and I, I don't want to take up all your time just explaining, you know, your your party's platform. I'd like to talk about Brian Moore, the president, as well. 
Um, we will probably have a break here coming up shortly, so listen for the music, as we may have to be cut off again just to okay. pick up in a minute. But uh, basically, uh, I want to ask questions of you just as in, you know, let's say you're elected. Um, first of all, Roe versus Wade, what's your position? Well, I, I believe in there that a woman has the choice. She has control over her, her, her body. Okay. So she should be uh, – I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic, but despite the fact that I'm a Catholic – I went. I was in the seminary for five years. I was two two years away from ordination when I left. I still believe uh, in the right of a woman to, to have an abortion if she so chooses. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you know, one thing I'm critical of the Catholic Church is they're really, you know, anti-abortion. But when it comes to lives in war, it seems to stop there. They don't seem to be. Uh, I mean, the American bishops were critical of our invasion of Iraq, but once the war started, they've been totally silent. And and I resent that. So if they're all so concerned about the lives of, you know, preserving lives, well, how about preserving our soldiers by ending these wars and bringing them home? Yeah. No, I, I understand. Senator Bell had a very similar answer uh, when he was put up on stage in the Democratic debate and says, if you're so concerned about the well-being of the soldiers, then get them out of harm's way. Um, now, uh, would you pursue any form of, um, I mean, I guess obviously it wouldn't be impeachment, but would you pursue any kind of uh, investigation as to uh, the people who lied to get us into Iraq? Would you try to prosecute any of these people? Definitely. I mean, I think we should prosecute people in Congress. I mean, it held them accountable. They do things that if you're in the private sector, you're, you're thrown in jail. I mean, the fraud and, you know, taking money for, for, for votes or, or for their campaigns. I mean, some of these actions are outrageous, and yet they're, they're tolerated, and they get away with it. But I've always advocated that George Bush and 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 Cheney and a break, Brian. The superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powders, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. You feel like you should be free to live your life how you want, so long as your actions don't harm anyone else? There's good news. You're not alone. Thousands of people like you are going to move to New Hampshire so we can reclaim our lost liberties. Be a part of the Second American Revolution. Join the Free State Project. You can learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org or call toll-free 1-888-532-4604. That's 888-532-4604, or visit freestateproject.org. Hemp, the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powders, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. 
Are CNN and Fox online any better than they are on TV? The old media. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Revolution Broadcasting. www.revolutionbroadcasting.com. The freedom sin starts here. News and talk from a freedom perspective. Revolution Broadcasting is listener supported, so please visit our website. And if you like what's here, chip in. Once again, we're back here on B Radio with Brian Moore, the Socialist Party candidate for uh, president, um, who will be engaging in debate with Chuck Baldwin and Charles Jay, and we're hopefully going to get more of the third-party candidates. Uh, we've invited mainstream candidates, but uh, we're pretty sure they're going to chicken out. Um, Mr. Moore, I want to thank you again for being on the show tonight. We're now down to our last segment, so I want to try to ask you some of the tough questions, and um, you know, basically, sure, you know, just so I can get them out of the way. I think we've spent a lot of time talking about you know, the socialist ideology, but I want people to have more of a grasp of what you would be like as a president. So um, we were talking about, um, let's see, we were talking about, we were talking about Roe versus Wade. You talked a little bit about the war. Now, uh, how fast does President Brian Moore get us out of Iraq? Pretty fast. Uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, we're in all those countries, covertly probably in Pakistan and Iran. But uh, we bring them out immediately. I'd say, uh, you know, a two- to three-month uh, duration at the most. Uh, we need to give the country back to its uh, people and allow them to decide their own uh, uh, fortunes. And, uh, they have sovereignty, and we invaded it and violated it in the beginning. It was an illegal and immoral action on our part, a preemptive strike, and we went after the wrong people, and, uh, and uh, therefore uh, we... We should be held accountable for our actions, but uh, so, so the, 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 you know, we would, we would expect the uh, the three tribes to uh, be able to formulate a um, um, a new government and then vote amongst themselves on how they want it and uh, leave it up to them. I mean, they. Uh, so it was certainly much more tranquil, and there were a million people alive. Uh, uh, more than there are now, uh, right. but, but due to our invasion. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, on the uh, you know, I not only believe in impeaching uh, the president, and the vice president, and his uh, administrators, but I think that they should be taken to the Hague for war crimes against humanity, and I hope they are after after they are, they leave office. There's certainly no complaint coming out of me on that one. Now, I presume, how does, uh, well, actually, I'll ask, uh, how does President Brian Moore handle the issue in Iran and the possibility that they will have nuclear weapons? Well, we need to negotiate and withdraw from the use of nuclear power ourselves, both militarily and commercially. I think we should shut down all of our nuclear power stations around the country, not build anymore. But we should also stop, uh, you know, uh, uh, exporting and selling nuclear power to select countries. I mean, we gave it to Pakistan and India and, and Israel, and then we have the audacity now. Uh, Iran is trying to formulate some uh, 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 nuclear power, so-called, for their commercial uh, reasons. But uh, we have to show them that uh, we're willing to uh, withdraw ourselves from possessing uh, nuclear warheads, and so that it would be a, uh, a an agreement negotiated by all the world powers that we will uh, get out of this uh, nuclear uh, nightmare. 
Right. Well, I, once again, I can't complain there. I don't know that we'll ever be free of nuclear weapons only because it's it's kind of a technology we wish we could uninvent. But uh, um, now, as far as uh, the, the Federal Reserve and the uh, income tax, we've touched a little bit on that already, thanks to it being part of Ron Paul's points. Now, would you seek to um, to abolish the Federal Reserve? I don't know about that. I don't think I'm uh, uh, informed enough. All I know is just, uh, you know, that if we would have an independent uh, uh, social uh, board that would really uh, uh, basically be in control of our financial system. And, and I, I don't see a role for the Federal Reserve, okay? So I would say, yes, I would eliminate the Federal Reserve and turn turn the uh, the authority over to uh, uh, a socially owned and operated uh, democratically controlled uh, uh, banking authority. All right, that would include credit unions and cooperatives and state banks. Have you given any thought to who you would appoint to the Supreme Court? Well, I think we should have many non-lawyers on the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, as well as in Congress, we should have the common man there. You know, we have a bunch of, you know, the only people that can run, run for for president uh, that are taken seriously by our, our press and media are multimillionaires. Abe Lincoln could never be president in this day and age. So, uh, yes, we should have co the common uh, man, uh, non-lawyers in uh, these positions of authority, including the Supreme Court. You don't have to be a lawyer. It's not required. And I think we need some more common sense on these uh, bodies. You know, the, 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 the political leadership of our country, they have all these uh, credentials, but they lack the moral authority, the political will, the fortitude, the courage. Uh, we've not had uh, demonstrated to us people of integrity. And that's what's lacking in, in our society. And money and corporate power has controlled and adversely affected uh, the integrity of this country, and that's what we need to have a better moral compass and to have people of uh, goodwill and, and peace and, and, and mutual respect and harmony, and that's the kind of uh, culture and society that we should have. But money has ruled and has dominated and has corrupted us, and we, we have a cancer in our country, and my point is that we're, this economic system has put us on the verge of collapse that we cannot survive, and I think the only solution to surviving is to 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 embrace a new economic system. Uh, our Congress and our universities and our think tanks have abdicated their responsibilities. They've not studied alternative economic systems. They turned blind eyes to this. They're fearful. They've been intimidated, and they they go where the money is, and the money rules in this country. It's uh, it's a terrible, terrible, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use, plague on this country? Right. And on mankind, you know, you, you know, human nature, you know, people are selfish. And so we, we have to develop a system that, 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 that avoids these temptations. Now, um, what would you do to rescind all of the unconstitutional laws that seem to be just direct violations of our civil liberties? I mean, would you just act to repeal them immediately with executive order, things like the Patriot Act, uh, uh, Military Commissions Act, things of that nature? What would you do? Yeah, that would be my preference would be to, in a democratic format, that it would have to be a majority vote, but that hopefully they would see the light in that we would remove and abolish these actions and, and uh, bills immediately. The Patriot Act, uh, the FISA law, uh, the, the Military Tribunal Act, these executive orders that George Bush have, have signed into law, uh, you know, the, the absolution given to these telecommunications companies uh, for their, their, their spying on us, listening to our telephone conversations and uh, emails and, uh, you know, uh, just uh yeah i think we have to uh, be aggressive and uh and forthright and uh, bold and and we want a systemic radical change that is what the socialists are promoting and that is what we need to to solve our problems and if we want to continue to 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 go you know shuffle along for the next 20 years and and people of my age and, and older are not going to have a quality life 
if we if we just uh, shuttle along. So uh, I think it, it to assure uh, our present society and people that have earned their bent pensions and their 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 retirement, uh, then they should uh, receive some of the rewards. But uh, Wall Street has has seen to it, and the capitalists have seen to it that that this will not happen. So so let's act boldly. And this is the time. This is this is now. Right now, we need bold leadership, and and this is what we're advocating. Okay. Well, um, now let me ask you. Uh, move on to one of these other major questions everybody gets to hear about. Now, the conflict in Georgia um, regarding Russia. Uh, what yeah. would Brian Moore's president do about that, or if anything? Well, I mean, how would you feel if you, you saw the United States setting up missiles in Turkey and? And uh, parts of Georgia, you know, I mean, we get we go off the wall when the when the, you know Russia set up some uh, missiles in Cuba, and then all of a sudden, you know, oh, we're just doing them for uh, defensive purposes. You know, we got uh, we get uh, Eastern European and some of our former Russian republics joining NATO now. I mean, you know, we're dancing around Russia like uh, you know we're, we're rattling the saber with them. And then we act shocked when they when they uh, you know act in this manner. So uh, you know I think we have to we're, we're we're responsible for many of these reactions. Okay, the Iraq the Iraq War. I mean the 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 9/11 attack on the trade centers was a reaction of fear and intimidation by Middle East and Muslim countries to the economic policies and foreign policies of our government, of our selfish, aggressive uh, uh, abuse of other countries' uh, economies, undermining their and, and putting people in sweatshops. And, and, uh, so, and then we wonder why some of these things happen. Uh, so so uh, I, I think that we're, you know, we, we, you know, we're suffering the consequences of our actions. And so I think we have to be more responsible and more uh, uh, respectful, and more decent, and more democratic in how we implement uh, our economic and foreign policies. And the the, the situation in Georgia is is in part and parcel, I believe, our fault. And and uh, you know, I think Putin overreacted, but but they're afraid, they're scared. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they we're coming closer and closer to them. Can you blame them? Just like, can you blame the Iranians when when they see uh, the the Indians and the Pakistans and Israel with nuclear uh, potential and they don't? Can you really blame people? I mean, you know, come on, let's give them some some uh, some respect and some appreciation. I mean, we have to operate on a, on a equal playing field. And we're not treating the countries in the Middle East on an equal playing field. We have favored Israel over the Palestinians. We have favored Israel over Egypt and Syria. And, uh, you know, we only favored Saudi Arabia because they had oil, you know, and money. You know, and that's where, again, we come back to the bottom line, and that's the, the greed and the, self, and the money issue, you know. Yeah, I have made that comment myself when they were trying to claim, like, you know, oh, well, we need to go into Iraq because he gassed the Kurds back in, like, 82 with the gas that we gave him. You know, there's a list of supposed humanitarian excuses for why we needed to be there, yet for some reason we don't care about Darfur, where, you know, there's genocide going on right now, and then the reason is that there's no money in Darfur. Um, now, uh, the next right. question I want to ask you, because I know we're coming down to the end of the show here, and when you hear the Star Spangled Banner on guitar, you'll know it's <laughs> over. Um, okay. But uh, basically, um, now, the, one of the good questions that I did see posed in the chat room was essentially they feel that, you know, there are socialists already, you know, in our mainstream choices. What sets you apart from, say, the socialism of Barack Obama, um, you know, and the, what the Democrats offer. What would you say sets you apart from them and uh, overall as far as a socialist message and what kind of, basically, what differences would you put between yourself and the mainstream socialist candidates? Well, you know, they, uh, let's, okay, I'll go along with that labeling, even though I just totally disagree that Obama's a socialist. Okay. But I think that Obama and the Democrats, under the capitalistic system, do create a burden on that economic system. 
okay? I will concur with that. But you see, I hate that economic system. And if we had a different economic system, we could all share in a much less threatening way and everybody benefit. But under the capitalistic system, there's always the winners and the losers. There's always the cowboys and the Indians, okay? It's like, you know, it's like pick yourself up by the bootstraps and beat the other guy. So uh, if you pit one group against another. It's, it's interest group against interest group. And it's, you know, that's why there's such a partisan bickering uh, atmosphere. So uh, how do I differentiate ourselves from the, uh, the socialists within the capitalist system? We advocate a fair economic system where the burden is much more fairly distributed, okay? Uh, we don't want a minimum wage at the expense of the private employer, okay, or the, the little businessman, uh, but, we, but, but we also, see, we eliminate that by getting rid of the for-profit corporations and giving the workers the control over that society, and they redistribute the monies in a much fairer way. So you take away the tensions and the burdens and the inequities of, of such a financial system. We are fairer. We have a fairer economic system than the capitalists do. So in a sense, okay, uh, you're right. Obama and the Democrats are putting and imposing a more difficult. Uh, but you know, you know, it's it's every four years. You know, one side or the other wins. And that, it doesn't help. You still end up with poverty. You still end up with 50 million Americans without health care, whether it's Democrats or Republicans. We go to war with the Democratic majority Senate. So it's not the Republicans that are just causing the problems. We have, you know, on and on. You get the point anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the I thought the program was ending. I heard that noise, and so I yeah, the program um, the program in Revolution Broadcasting is ended, but I'm still going on Blog Talk just because I want to. Um, the Blog Talk radio is recorded, so I want to give you more of an opportunity to oh, I disclosure. Um, okay. You'll be able to refer to the show later. Actually, I'll give you a link to it. But um, in any case, um, uh, basically, just to finish off what you were saying, uh, I guess what you're saying is, is that you don't really feel now when you say that you don't feel that Obama is a socialist. Um, why would you say he's not a socialist? Because he takes his money from the capitalists. He got $122,000 from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, officials, okay? Mm -hmm. He's not advocating the national health plan. He's advocating a, 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 a small health plan that maybe benefits some children. He's, he's advocating going into Pakistan with guns and bombs, okay? He's threatening uh, Iran with, 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 with saber-rattling. All right, he he is embracing Israel. All right, you know those are those are uh, those are not so, socialists. Basically, against the socialist principles. Okay, I understand. I think I'm also getting a better grasp of what socialist means. I think that um, many libertarians have an answer to it that's a little bit different than what an actual socialist feels. So I understand where you're coming from. I know right. I never really felt when I'm talking to a lot of the Democrats, it doesn't really feel to me like they're socialists in the classic sense. Um, and there's just, it seems like maybe they take whatever they want from it for the sake of political, you know, political expediency, but they don't really commit to the ideology. Would you say that's an accurate assumption? Well, I think they, they commit to their, their interest groups and the Republicans commit to their interest groups, but society suffers. Socialism commits to uh, a, we, we, live, we eliminate the interest groups and the moneyed interests. We, we commit ourselves to trying to see if everybody lives equally and fairly. Okay. Well, we got 90 seconds left, as you just heard from the blog talk count-off. Um, did you, you hear my, the end of my statement, though? Yes, I did. Yes, okay. I did. Okay. Um, thanks again for being on, and um, at some point later on, particularly because I want to start to set up um, constructive dialogues and debates about different governmental systems on my show. So uh -huh. um, in the future, um, would you be willing to be kind of a, a contact point for socialist ideals to debate these issues? By all means, Neil. In fact, I think this was a very healthy and, and constructive interview. In fact, you brought things out of me, and I was able to formulate some ideas because we had the time and the luxury to do that. So uh, I'm very pleased with this interview.
Well, thank you. I was very pleased to have you. I mean, I can't say I agreed with everything, but I think that <laughs> we at least recognize that there's something wrong, and I think that's what Ron Paul was trying to get at with his with his um. Right. I mean, we're all after the same thing. We want peace and harmony and well-being and prosperity, don't we? All right. Well, yeah, we do. And thank you, Mr. Moore, for being on the show. And um, I, as I said, I'll provide you with a link. I'll probably send it to your email and continue to send me press releases, and I'll report on what's going on in your party and in your campaign. And thank you, Mr. Stevenson. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for V Radio in this edition. Um, once again, I, uh, the ending part was not going to be put on Revolution Broadcasting because we have a schedule there that kind of overlaps with some music. But uh, thanks for listening, um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>